All right, welcome back. Episode 33 of the Young Old Heads podcast. Shout out Larry Bird, Larry Legend. I'm one of your hosts, Tommy, aka TV Sports Cards. I'm here with my good friend and co-host Max, aka Cards Max, aka Cards Max Holiday Edition. Max, how are you doing? It's December 26th, day after Christmas. What's your vibe? Vibe's good. This is Holiday Edition, Santa Belt, SSSP, holding candy cane as bat, ornament in the background, tree as home plate edition. So I want to make sure that we get the SP code on the back correct. But we're in a holly jolly time. Cards, 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 Christmas cards. Not to be confused with the cards that people send out as families that are not traditional trading cards as much as... No, incorrect. To be confused with. To be, be confused is usually how we like to start things out, be confused. But Max, we had a good time yesterday. It was Christmas. We talked last week about our Christmas uh, our Christmas of past, as they like to say, ghosts of Christmas past, of poles of Christmas past. Um, and I saw yesterday on the timeline that you got a pretty cool T-shirt with your name on it, Cards Max, as it, everyone knows you by. And I'm was laughing the whole way because a couple weeks ago a family member of yours reached out to my tv sports cards instagram in the dms and was like hey i know you do a podcast with max i was hoping to we were hoping to get him a card with his gift but we didn't want to get him something random so they reached out to me and i i was like you know what this is my time i'm gonna curate max's collection a little bit um and max you want to tell the people what you got and kind of what the what the card was I got a PSA 8 2012 Panini Threads Carmelo Anthony, which I think is a phenomenal combination of meme iconic set as well. Because if you don't know, Panini Threads has no pictures of players. It is entirely just jersey cards and not necessarily route cards, but die cuts of the jerseys. So it is a Carmelo Anthony card of just in a die cut shape of his jersey. PSA 8 gave me a good hearty laugh and thank you Tommy for curating my collection and I love that set I think you always talk kind of like you don't really know where to go with your Carmelo Anthony PC and Knicks I love the jersey cards just because they're kind of fun they're just just the jersey with the die cut I think it started in the late 90s we gotta bring this up with Mitch but I'm pretty sure it was like Pinnacle started those in the 90s and then Panini kind of revamped them. I think they're fun. They're just fun cards. I have a few Warriors ones. And I don't know. I think that's something that I would love to see them continue making. Just something different. That's kind of fun. And uh, I'm glad that you enjoyed it and weren't just annoyed. But it was funny because last week we were talking and you were like, I don't want cards for Christmas. And I didn't want to have to say, hey, Max, you might be getting a card on Christmas. But for the listeners back home, that was just a lot of dramatic irony for me. Um I personally had my classic Christmas rip where my dad just goes to the card shop by my by his office and he gets me like probably like 80 bucks worth of just random packs, a lot of opening day flagship. But luckily, I pulled a uh, Wander Franco blue from opening day. So my family was very confused why I was going crazy over a random pack. But I was very hyped about that. Wow, that's like Jose Abreu target red type of energy. Like you got the right player and you got a parallel of that player. Exactly. I was really trying to I was trying to do the odds with my dad 
I was like, listen, there's only two of these per box. And then there's a 300 plus card checklist. We pack the pack is like one and whatever. And he was like, oh, my God, that's pretty crazy. But yeah, Tommy is full time cards, full time cards, as they like to say. But I have full week off from work, which is kind of nice this week. So see me deep in the binder game. Can you hear me? All right, Max? Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, the viewers, the viewers definitely listened to a question you didn't answer. Anyway, um, so we're going over best, or not necessarily best, but most interesting eBay buys, or not necessarily constrained to eBay. Tommy, you can go curate what's on my mind. Yes, I will. So last week we said, we teased this out, right, Max? We said we're going to do kind of a year-end eBay buys, but once we went back and forth, like I think we kind of decided it wasn't, as fun to limit it just to eBay. So we're kind of just expanding this out. Year-end, best deals. Max, you want to start us off with one, or do you want me to start one? I have a flip of the year, a PC pickup of the year, and a fail of the year. I like all of those. I'm surprised you could limit the fails to just one. I'm sure I have a lot. Fail is a big fail, and it's a story that you haven't heard yet. All right, cool. That's fun, because I also want to admit to some losses that I took on some cards, too. I think it's good to start with that. About a month or two ago, actually close to two months, I bought a 1972 wax pack of Topps Baseball. I bought this raw off eBay at auction and won it for about $175. I sent it to PSA Economy with the recognition that if the pack was graded in probably in the PSA 6 to PSA 8 range and was identified as a legitimate pack, I knew it would be worth about five to eight hundred dollars. I the, the the eBay description stated that it was, I believe, from a smoke-free household, as all items from an account from 2008 or earlier from smoke-free household, bought at a garage sale so many years ago, something like that. It was just in his sealed wax collection. And I knew I was inheriting risk that this pack was not legitimate or that it just wasn't a real pack, but I saw that his eBay page was almost entirely wax packs being put up for auction, all raw. And his attestment that it was in his collection for that long made me think that the the gamble would be worth the risk and that at worst, I'd get be able to encapsulate the slab, maybe hold on to it as something that's relatively hard to move or just like a cool talking piece. Or at worst, I'm out $175 plus. $50 PSA grading fee. I found out two to three weeks ago that this pack was successfully identified as a 1972 Tops uh, wax fifth, sixth series wax pack. So that's the high number equivalent. Fifth, sixth series is high number, which is, I think, to my knowledge, one of the rarer editions of the pack. Because they had first series, second series, third series, fourth series. You didn't just open the pack and you can get all one through 700 cards in the checklist. Was that something? All right, here's an ignorant question. I don't know if you know this answer, yeah. but like, is that something that like people I researched would... this stuff like as I was nerding out about this? And PSA helped identify this pack. So they said so it's, it's a real was... 72 pack. That's what I'm hearing. Correct. It's a real 1972 pack, but I'm viewing the camera. Altered do not holder was the grade given to me by PSA. So I don't know if that means – I imagine it means that the pack was legitimate but resealed or tampered with in some other way 
or that this wax holding is not real, but yeah. either knowing to the guy who I bought the, the wax pack from or from the person who bought it from him several years back, allegedly, this is a tampered pack showing it backwards. Tampered I think you got to open it. What? I said, I think you got to open the pack. I'm thinking of just re-auctioning it just so that I could salvage what I put into it. Because, I mean, I put in like $200. And with the PSA determination of authentic altered, or I guess it doesn't say authentic, but it says altered. But if they're able to identify it, I'm inclined to think that it means it's authentic. Yeah. Wouldn't that make sense? But like, what does altered mean when it comes to a wax pack? Like, I don't really know. Probably we sealed. The yeah. high grade cards from these older '70s top sets are money. That's what I was gonna say. Why don't you just open it, hope to get some high grade, and well, rate it yourself again? There's no one good in it. Like they oh, recently, like they probably opened it, checked to see if there's a Willie Mays or something of the like, and then closed it back up. Yeah. Damn, that sucks. But, yeah, no, that does suck. That's my fail. So maybe I re-auction, just try to get like 50 to 75 bucks back. I send it with the PSA thing, just both alleging that it is authentic to, to their understanding or my understanding of the grade, but it is tampered with being in full ethical transparency as well. So that's my fail of the year. That or is a fail. A fail. That is a fail. <laughs> that sucks, dude. Damn. But I, I don't really understand why you bought that pack to begin with. Just like as a weird piece, right? That's what it is. As a weird piece, as a wacky flip, it's definitely one of the cooler things I spent $200 on. Too bad it's tampered. <laughs> is there like uh, a, Max, what would be like your ideal, oh, motherfucker? Yeah. What who has Do Not ideal... Disturb not on now? Yeah. Yeah. For the I double check. I'm going to Do Not Disturb on my phone and my laptop. I'm the better co-host today. Thank you very You're... much. I'm a terrible podcaster today. Terrible podcaster. But Max, what would be like your best... What would be your ideal graded pack? Like, do you have something like 2014 tops? That would be my guess for you. Um, I think older sets being in a sealed pack is just kind of cool. I don't like that it's $50 per grading for the pack. And this took close to the full three months to grade. But even like 2011 tops update, that's an obvious one. Um, I'm going to go for a curveball and say 2020 Topps Chrome Formula One Sapphire or Chrome just because of how iconic of a set that is and how few packs are left sealed. But stuff that's so crazy to think that it's even available, let alone sealed, yeah. is cool. That is cool. I I have one. I'll do my bad, bad fail of the year, which was this wasn't really a fail. I mean... It all depends on how you look at it. Monetarily, this was a massive fail, but I'm not really that upset about it. Um, earlier this year, I we probably talked about it on here. I was like looking into Zendaya rookie cards, and I was like, oh, there's one graded SGC 8.5 red out of 199 rookie card. And I'm like, this is cool. I'm willing to, sp I had like, you know, I probably got my paycheck, and I was like, I'm going to spend this much on cards right now. This is a card that I don't see any other cool $120 card, so I'm just going to buy this. Later in the year, I see a lot that has like a full rainbow, basically, minus like the lowest numbered ones uh, for a hundred bucks of the Zendaya rookie card. So I'm like, whatever, I'm going to buy the this rainbow and then I'll just auction off the graded one I have. See what I get. I bought this card for like 130 bucks on auction. I got like, I think I got $31. So fat L for me. 
Well, but I've had some at least way I'm not... worse auctions. Oh, I know you've had worse auctions, but this is just one that like that's probably the biggest L I've ever taken on a card. Not that I was really looking to flip it or anything, but just in terms of like what I spent on it and then I sold it and this is what I got for it back. That's my probably my biggest L ever. <laughs> Yeah, it, I'm actually getting some trauma thinking about some of my bad auctions. It's bad. I don't want to have to. I don't want to put you through PTSD. So let's go to the fun things, Max. What are, what are some? What's the you teased out PC buy of the year, PC edition of the year, Cards Max Vault edition buy of the year? I picked up a Luis Severino PSA 10 Sapphire rookie card from 2016. That is from the OG Topps Chrome Sapphire set, and it's a cool card in my opinion. I kind of quasi-collect Luis Severino heavily, but not too heavily. I don't own many of his rookie cards, probably because so few ever show up and that I recognize that it's kind of a money sink. But a friend of mine who buys out collections, one of the collections that he bought out was a lot of graded 2016 Topps Chrome Sapphire. He didn't have the Trouts for sale, but he had like two Mookie Betts's, he had like a DeGrom. He had a Severino that was graded to 10. And I ended up buying a lot of bulk from him. And I made sure to include the Severino in the deal. That's sick. I uh, I had a tough moment that I actually haven't talked to you about either. Max, that relates to that set. We I feel like we, we've talked about that set a little bit, the 2016 Sapphire, right? Maybe. Maybe a little bit. I, think I have a few anecdotes. Yes, we definitely probably talked about it. But recently I was looking, I think you peaked this in me. You're like, I think when you bought the complete set in 2016, you also got like guaranteed eight parallels. And then I looked it up. You you got, get, I think you guaranteed, got guaranteed Super Fractor. Three, right? You got guaranteed three Supers. Yeah. And there's not many of those. Oh, I can't even talk about this, but my random anecdote about that set real quick, and then I'll move on to my L that I took with this set kind of recently. Um, it's actually considered a parallel of the paper flagship set. So even though the cards are chromes, oh yeah, even though they're chromes sapphire. What? I knew Sorry. that the checklist is based off flagship. Yeah, but that's weird because 2016 chrome. They don't. They actually changed some of the cards up, so they don't have the gold cup on the guys. So like, Correa or whatever, he doesn't have it on his Chrome card, but the Chrome Sapphire oh, does. Have sapphire. It. Oh, that's interesting. Isn't that weird? It's but, not weird because I understand it, but that's not something I would have thought. Yeah, that was a weird moment. But uh, so the yeah. my everyone knows my favorite team is the San Francisco Giants, and. Uh, Last week, we signed Carlos Correa to a great deal, and I was kind of optimistic about it. So I went on ComC, and I bought a 2016 Sapphire Carlos Correa Gold Cup for like 25 bucks or something. And, of course, I don't want to talk about the rest of it, but now I have that card, and at least it's sort of PC. <laughs> I'm astounded that you just said we to describe your relationship with the San Francisco Giants. I really try not to do that, but that was a yeah. My, my yeah, bad. shame, shame, <laughs> shame me for that. Um, Max, you want to hear about some buys that I had this year that I want to hear your thoughts on? Yeah, yeah, I do. Tickle my brain. All right. Have you ever read the book Catch Twenty Two, Max? You know, I use the expression "that's a catch twenty-two like frequently, but I've never read the book. 
I know it's by what Jason Heller. Yeah, Joseph Heller. Uh, he, I read that book senior of high school when I was going through this real existential like, I need to read all these books because I've I never had one of those phases too. Yeah, what was I your... got like? I got like really deep into like a farewell to arms for like no reason by Ernest Hemingway. I'm just like I need yeah. to read more. I need to be more cultured. I need to make sure that I have a grasp of opinion on way more iconic pieces of like American literature. And then like I went into college and you know now I'm becoming an adult and it's like no matter what endeavor I want to do there's not enough time. Yeah, I'm so glad that I did this when I did. Like what was your year that you read the most you think growing up? Probably like junior to senior year. Junior to senior year, yeah. Were you like yeah. a big reader growing up, Max, or were you a big video game guy? What was your mix? I, is that a dichotomy? I think it's sort of a dichotomy. It's a little bit. It's like a spectrum. Um, I guess I leaned gamer, but you like I was gamer. always more of like a math science guy over like a reading guy. True. That makes sense. Like I would do like definitely... math workbooks as a kid. <laughs> you were like, were you like doing multiplication in like kindergarten, first grade, like that sort of like genius? Pre-K. Oh, all right. Yeah, I don't mean to flex, but like, <laughs> and then burnout that, I would love to know like the the breakdown between collectors of guys of or people who were like art science or art like literature people versus math science because I feel like we get both of those people in the collecting world and I'm interested. Like, that like the politics and art and culture people gravitate stronger to non-sports cards where the people that are like more quantitatively based just nerd out over like the craziest like numbering of parallels i muted that i muted that (laughs) i my do not disturb is on i'm confused (laughs) but i think they more inclined to like the crazy weirdness of parallels yeah like you're like you get into the pack odds like i feel like there's a pipeline between like math nerds in first grade and dudes that do pack odd calculations <laughs> yeah yeah there is anyway but tommy's American anecdote culture. aside any anecdote aside i uh this is another non-sport card obviously because i was talking about catch 22 i did buy what i have figured out is probably the only joseph heller card which is in Topps American Pie 2011, which is a set I've talked about before. But I found a out of 76, which is the lowest numbered parallel that they had for 10 bucks plus two to buck shipping. And I bin that thing as fast as I could. And I've never seen a single one come up. But when I scrolled through all my eBay buys of the year yesterday, looking for ones to screenshot, that one really stood out to me as like that card in 20 years might be worth a hundred bucks or, you know, if I ever sold it, you know, maybe I'd only get a hundred bucks, but the fact that I was able to find one and only for 10, you know, 15 bucks, probably total after shipping that brought some joy to my heart and was like, that's something that I'm going to feel happy about in a few years. So that was my one buy that I was, I don't think I've ever talked about that buy on the podcast. So I wanted to bring that one up, but um, I loved our anecdote there, Max, about <laughs> the pipeline between, art literature people being politics people being into the non-sport kind of weirder stuff that maybe versus the math people but all right max what was your what was the last thing you had three things at the beginning of this podcast that you want to talk yeah about. and i said flip of the year or oh no sorry i did pc pick of the year yeah flip of the year for me was my tops 
Bowman next, Shaden Sharp, one of one autograph. It dropped on tops.com for $1,000 back in, I want to say, February or March. It definitely, I, I think this was something that we talked about on one of the first episodes. That would make sense. It became in, I, I got it in hand in June. This was a $1,000 card of Shaden Sharp, who at the time was the number one high school recruit who was a late transfer into Kentucky, did not play. He redshirted the season, and then after the bye, he declared for the NBA draft, was drafted, I want to say, eighth overall to the Portland, seventh overall to the Portland Trailblazers. And a few weeks before the season, I actually, I, I will give the disclaimer that I had an offer accepted on eBay for $3,000. The guy did not pay. Okay. I think I had a like 5,000 or best offer. That's and it. like a week later, no, it's heinous. He didn't, he didn't, ex- he accepted it and then didn't pay. Yeah. That's why. I mean, that's whack. That's cool that someone accepted it off for 3K. I'm getting hopeful to hear what happened next. Yeah. So he didn't pay. Then like a week later, I got Tommy. What? Oh, is there a ghost in your room or something? I thought I heard a ghost for a sec, but we're good. Okay. Yeah. So a week or so later, again, I had this at 5,000, your best offer. I got another offer at like 4,000. And I'm like... No, I'm like, if you're going to, if I'm going to like get, it was from another zero, like the first guy had like 14 feedback. The second guy quite literally had zero feedback. What a wild card. What? All right. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. And he counted 4,000. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to get a non-payer again, I got to get a higher amount to show up for the non-payer. I'm like, I'm never going to move this card. So it's like I we countered at forty five hundred. He accepted. He went like two to three days without paying, and I'm like, I gave him the usual, "Hey, you're gonna get a non payment strike in your account. So we're gonna cancel your order after four days." And he's like, "Give me to Friday." I'm a lifelong Portland Trailblazers fan, and I don't know why you would think I wouldn't pay. And I'm like, "Okay, zero feedbacker." And then he paid. And the card sold for four thousand five hundred dollars for me being into it for one thousand. That is awesome. I feel like that's that's karma for you with that Wander Franco Tops Now card you bought last year. I feel like that's karma for that. Yeah, Tops Now did me right. Yeah, shout out. That's sick, dude. First of all, the fact that you sold a unlicensed tops now like bowman next one of one auto for 4500 bucks is so high and that, that he ended up declaring for the draft and being picked seventh overall like when i bought the card there was no guarantee that he was going to declare for the draft that year he didn't pay a game at kentucky there was like my hope would be like okay i'd like hold on to it for like through the college basketball season and then i'd hope for like some victor Wimbayama type of hype and then, like, I'd sell it for a little bit of a gain for someone that, like, wanted to prospect. Yeah, but that's so sick. The fact also, that he shout- made it to the NBA. I'm like, I'm not going to be an idiot. Don't sell it on draft night because people are going to be liquidating theirs on draft night and still nobody knows the name yet. I'm like, I'm going to hold it until he's in product 
so that people were then buying the name. Mm-hmm. But at that point, I got an offer that was too good to refuse. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a huge win. That Yeah, dude, wait. all the times that wait, I was going through my bag, I'm like, yeah, I'm just holding this card. It's like, yeah, I have it at like a th- yeah, like 3,000 or so. And like, it's just very clearly like, just looks like a hundred dollar card. <laughs> you had like, that at the national, like, right? Like I thought I bought it in part thinking that it was a super fractor. It's not, it's just a gold background. It's just a paper card. <laughs> yeah, it's a paper card. You know, he has a streaky auto, but like that is his first card ever. And he is in the NBA. So we'll see how Bowman next does. Yeah, that, we'll keep tabs on that in 2023. Max, I sent you a, a tweet this week that actually is directly relevant to the Shannon the Sharp card because this guy replies to my tweet this week with a picture or it was a video of his one of one Justin Herbert Panini Instant first card from like the Pro Day or something like a Panini Instant card from Pro Day. He in his bio he has owner of the most valuable Justin Herbert one-of-one rookie card. And this dude clearly thinks that this Panini Instant, Justin Herbert at a workout picture, one-of-one, no auto or anything, is the most valuable Justin Herbert card. And I don't like to hate on people very often, but if you are owning that and you're like walking around thinking that that's like in a million-dollar card, someone just needs to bring you back down to reality. And I was really hoping that you would do that for me, but I didn't want to be mean. You didn't want to be mean, so we just didn't say anything to him. The thing is, like, I like bringing people back to reality. I'm trying to, I'm not, I'm not a New Year's resolution person, but something that I want to work on in myself is not giving people unsolicited advice as to what to do. Not necessarily that I would give unsolicited advice, but just that I'm always a cavalier of such opinions that sometimes it's a matter of like, why are you being a dick? But I'm like, no, I care about your best interests. And I'm always right, of course, right? So, in re- apropos to that, I try to like, I'm actively trying to be like, I'm not giving my opinion unless I'm asked, even if I think you are a complete idiot. But especially on Twitter, man, some of these people got to be taken to reality. I'd rather say the elephant in the room than just ignore it. But also, it makes for fun. And I'm, I always fun. know. I always know when you wake up and choose violence when I wake up and you've already tweeted like 15 times about like three different topics. <laughs> but I'm glad to hear that you're working on some uh, more peaceful, peaceful interactions these days. I mean, I'm a peaceful man. I'm a lover. I'm not a hater. Can I can I be a hater for a sec here again? Yeah, I want you to be more of a hater in 2023. All right. This is going to be I know that this is fine to say because we're 26 minutes in and Although we have plenty of people who listen to this, I think anyone who's going to like be offended by this rant is probably not listening. So I'm going to do a little thing here because we're doing best flips of the year. And everyone knows what my best flip of the year is. If you follow me on social media, you know, I bought this Anthony Rizzo short print and this dollar bin. You know, I have heard good things about Card Talk Pod and they have this play of the week thing. So I was like, all right, I'll just like say that I did this in this dm and someone will follow up with me and be like hey that's cool like we'll put this on the podcast but what happened is they posted a clip of it first of all they didn't tell me that it was going to be on the episode so i didn't even know it was happening they didn't ask for more details or anything which i thought they were going to do i guess that's my fault for not really being a listener of the podcast but then they post a clip of my submission and they have my app you know i submitted it from the young old heads account on accident but like they have the app they could have tagged my account and been like, hey, this was from this user. Like, 
cool flip. No at or anything. Is that weird, Max? A little weird. They usually give the at. I didn't know you did it from the Young Old Heads account. I guess that's why we got some interactions this week from them. But dude, yeah, I I thought that was a good flip by you. I thought you killed it. And I want you to be more of a menace in 2024. 2023 can be like you're, you're like you are on the elliptical for 2023. 2024, you're going to be on the treadmill. And like 2022, you're eating cheeseburgers. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, in terms of your flipping. That was my weird, like, just, just add us. Like, we're a pot. Like, I was just hoping that maybe it would be cool for like us to get some followers from like card talk people who are into card podcasts who have an extra hour to listen to our podcast. I was like, that would be cool. No at, come on, man. Yeah. I don't know. I got we love the people at 137, including, including Courtney, who is a guest. Courtney. We love, we love everyone on the card talk pod, but just know that if you ever submit like something like that to me and Max and we say, it, and we make a clip out of it, we'll tag you. Don't worry about that. We're going to, um, we're, we're probably going to do some more user submission stuff in 2023. Yeah, that'll be fun. I, if you, yeah. I would love to do some more user submission stuff. Me and Max have been throwing around some ideas for 2023 and we're really excited about those. I think next week we'll do, maybe Max will do some announcements about maybe some extra stuff going on maybe. Yeah, what I always have developed in the works as I'm a man of mystery. <laughs> I thought you were going to keep going with that. <laughs> no, that's that's it. No, just open-ended. Oh, just your Juan Soto dynasty? Just my Juan Soto dynasty out of five. I'm just going through cards on my desk right now. All right, here. I'm going to do another flip of the week here. Um, okay. Or flip of the week. Flip of the year. Uh, yeah, because you, you don't do one a week. That's for sure. Not not flips, but just buys. But uh, I bought a lot that was called CC Sabathia Tops lot, and it had a Gold Refractor 2002 in it, which is a pretty sick card for me. And I got the lot in an auction for 199 plus 91 cent shipping, so basically four bucks. And I got a 2002 Tops Chrome base and a Gold Refractor and his 2000 Bowman Chrome Refractor which is three of his biggest cards, kind of. And one of the gold 2002 Chrome Refractors recently sold for 55 bucks on eBay. So mm-hmm. I'm counting that as a massive win for myself here. Me and Max love to talk about how you can get some steals on lots on eBay. And my, if you scrolled through Tom Yvonne's 2022 eBay buys, there's a lot of lots in there. A lot, a lot of lots. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of lots. Did you have any L's Max from like buys on eBay this year? I didn't really like like when like the the seller on eBay was a bad seller because I feel like you always get the bad buyers who don't pay you. Um, are we talking about bad buyer transactions that went through, or time that I got hosed as a seller? No, we're talking about you're a buyer. You're the buyer. Yeah, I'm the buyer, and the yeah. seller hoses me. Yeah, has that ever happened? That must have happened to you. I've had point. a few times where I've bought a, an expensive raw card and the card has been thrashed and e- eBay authentication has been more protective in that regard than I would have otherwise thought. So the L's have been minimized, even though they may have damaged maybe the biggest card I bought this year for myself, which was the Mike Trout PSA 8 gold from 2011 tops update. I have suspicion that eBay authentication damaged that damaged the corner. It got an eight, which was very surprising and very good, but it had a corner ding that was not there in the photo. Yeah, I feel you know what they do now. You know how they had that problem with the card slipping out of the sleeve a little bit. Yeah. So now they put a a sleeve that goes on top 
So they top the sleeve and then they put a bigger sleeve under it. Like, and then they put this. So it's basically double sleeve now. Yeah. Trapped, which I think is cool. I, I, I thought that was a, a solid way of solving that issue, but I still think that they should use top loaders. I feel like. I'm, yeah. I'm confused as to eBay, not as to you, Tommy, but as to eBay. Well, Max, um, I feel like that was a pretty decent rundown of the year. I mean, we've, I feel like if you, I was going to talk about, we're the greatest yeah. podcast in the world. Yeah, but I want to do some sentimental reflecting on the year. Like at the beginning of this year, like I was just had TV sports cards, Twitter account that I was like, this is kind of just fun to interact with people. We met, I think in February or something and started talking. And then we were like, I think something happened where you were going to maybe join another card podcast. And I was like, ah, this would be kind of fun to do something. And then I could kind of tell it wasn't really happening. So then I read, you know, we kind of like reached this kind of like thing where we're like, we should try to do a podcast. Like, we'll grind. Yeah, Tommy, you networked like the fuck out of me. (laughs) Yeah, we've talked about how I originally tried to become Max's friend by helping him build pro debut Chrome set, but he goes to me. And I skipped his DM kind of accidentally. But no, for real, like this this year has been awesome, dude. And like, we've, we've been able to hang out a couple times in real life and like been able to meet like a lot of people from the listeners of this podcast and made even some deals. My, just my line. Um, no, Tommy, I appreciate you for being Tommy Vaughn and all of our interactions that we've had this year. I appreciate all of my card friends that many of which I interact with on social media on a daily basis that are directly formative to the social interactions I have as a human being and the people that are involved in my life. I also appreciate anyone who's ever stopped me at a card show in real life. Um, I had a funny interaction with one of our listeners, uh, Al, at Level Up Sports Cards on Instagram, to where I was placed right next to him at the Big Apple show. And we... I'm like, oh, wait, you were we DM, we were DMing each other. I had no idea that you were set up here, let alone you're at the table right next to me. So, Al, you're cool. I love our messages that we've been going back and forth on. But really, any young head, old head listener who I interact with, which is probably most of you, and anyone who's a cool guy who has said hi to me or even just talks with me online, you're cool. I totally second all of that. If you- I love interacting with people like that's my favorite thing. And honestly, like, I feel like one of my biggest takeaways, Max, from 2022 is that at the start of the year, I felt like I had a lot of card friends, but now I feel like they're just my normal friends. And I, I just love them and appreciate everyone that I've been able to like make who's helped me along my journey, but also like anyone who's ever reached out and said they like the podcast or that they, you know, liked a certain thing. Max, can we talk about the uh, incredibly cool card that popped into your DMs based on someone who listened to the podcast? I don't think we've talked about Are we referring to the curry pudding plate? Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. Yeah. So that is owned by aforementioned level up sports cards. Really, uh, really cool card. It is the, I want to say it's the Cyan top chrome printing plate of Steph Curry. He reached out to me. What was that? Just tops. It was not, not tops chrome. Do they not have Topps Chrome printing plates? No, because it's Chrome was a parallel of paper that year. Yeah, I, I assume you have... Is it right. a Chrome printing plate? I guess they probably had to have Chrome printing plates too, though. So that makes sense. Excuse me. It's at level underscore up underscore cards. That's the correct mm-hmm. at. 
and he's on Instagram. Yeah. But no, it's Topps Chrome. I'm looking oh, at yeah. it now. Okay. I'll cool. send you the picture. Topps Chrome printing plate. He reached out to me after hearing about me submitting my trout black printing plate as well as my LeBron James printing plate. Cause I I guess we can just talk about my printing plates right now. The order is currently in QA1. I got a hold placed on my order because I put a sticky note saying, please authenticate both if possible. They put my order on hold. They said, we are not going to oblige the, to your preferences on this sticky note. And I'm like, really? Like, you can't just like, I might be forced to have a numeric grade. And they're like, yeah, like we're not listening to your preferences. And after that, it exited the research and identification stage, which is when the hold was. And my LeBron James printing plate, which had no information on the fact, was deemed no spec, no info, no grade. So I'll be getting that back on slabbed. But the trout printing plate was properly identified. So that makes me think that the trout will be encapsulated. Cool. Well, And I found I... out that Al's curry printing plate was deemed authentic. And I know he was going for an authentic grade. And that he also put a sticky note on his, or the equivalent of a sticky note on his card saying, please do not give me a number grade. And he didn't get a number grade and they listened to his preference. So I imagine mine is also going to be listened to, but nice. But I think that's just like a good representation, Max, of like how cool this kind of network of listeners and community that we've been able to build here is where like, I see clips all the time about like, hey, the best card never pulled is the Steph Curry Super Fractor from Tops 2009. And we get a literal one of one of that card in your DMs just because some guy listens to our podcast. Shout Inspired out by the collections and wacky buys that we ourselves have. Yeah, that that was like a pretty cool moment for me. I don't know. That was just I just love whenever anyone reaches out and says they listen to the podcast. It just means a lot to me because I feel like we put a lot of time and effort into this and like. We've been trying to grind out these clips. You do a lot of these. You've been grinding giveaways, trying to grow our network a little bit, grow the the world of people who know about us. And, you know, I, I really appreciate anyone who's also, like, said they listened to the podcast, tagged us in the likes of other podcasts who listen to cards. But, Max, yeah, there's another thing. Back, please check my Twitter feed every Sunday. Yes, true. If Max does a giveaway, he won't tag you if you win. So you have to be watching it. So make sure to be watching. Oh, that's not what I was referencing, but that's true. <laughs> that is also true, though. Yeah, but Max, there's one topic that actually like is not related to the year in review that we kind of just did, but is more related to something that I just am kind of confused about. So I want you to break it down for me. Which is, there's a lot of controversy right now between Alt and Beckett. Oh, are we dropping the nuke, or do you want to save this? We could save this, but I want to know about it. No, because it's so difficult to get you in the recording room because you're always so busy. Like, okay, granted, we always do our podcast once a week, but I'm like, <laughs> you know, texting Tommy in the middle of his work day, like Monday at 3 p.m. It's like, yo, let's record right fucking now. Let's make some content. Let's talk some cards. And he's like, I'm at work. And I'm like, oh, okay. But um, yeah, yeah, it is your bad. Can so we talk about this the hobby lawyer... The hobby lawyer at Paul Lesko. He is a hobby mega brain. And I think believe he specializes in copyright infringement cases. Mm-hmm. Overall, really cool guy. And if you're on Twitter, great follow. He reads the dockets of any real hobby related case that is presented. And presently literally any literally, literally any case. And he gives and he digests it for 
peons like us that aren't practicing lawyers nor have gone to the law school. But there's a current case where the essence of it, this is not legal advice or even proper legal interpretation, but Alt is suing Beckett Grading Services. They bought a BGS 9.5 Stephen Curry gold refractor rookie card in a BGS 9.5 grade for a little over $160,000. Alt acquired this card under the presumption that any card graded by Beckett with a numeric grade has not been trimmed or altered. Citing in the case that PSA is the premier or one of the biggest premier sports grading companies for sports cards, they cracked it out of the Beckett slab and submitted it to PSA. Incidentally, in, in the court case itself, it states that there's like four major grading companies and that it's P PSA, BGS, SGC, and ISA, which is really funny. <laughs> Like I, 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 I I'm not a hundred percent sure if it left off CSG or if it left off SGC in favor of ISA. So I will say that, but ISA is listed as one of the four premier grading companies and it's like international grading company or something like that. Yeah. It's, no, it's very I literally, I have an ISA anecdote real quick. That is hilarious. But the card shop in Chicago that I go to, they have ISA as like the sponsored grading company of the card shop, which I'm, I always go to the guy. I'm like, Ronnie, why ISA, dude? Why ISA? That makes no sense. Yeah. So the fact that they're mentioned in this case as a premier sports grading company is very funny. So the essence of it, all buys this Beckett BGS 9.5 Gold Curry for $160,000 plus. They crack it. They send it to PSA. It comes back as altered authentic or altered or trimmed, something like that. They send it back to Beckett and Beckett says it's trimmed. So now you have two major grading companies saying that this formerly Beckett 9.5 Steph Curry Gold is actually trimmed according to PSA and Beckett. I've heard a lot of perspectives on this, especially from bigger hobby accounts that may or may not have bias or involvement with collector's universe companies. I'm just going to say that, but the fault isn't on alt for cracking a slab. I crack slabs all the time. I saw a lot of the peanut gallery in some of the more so Instagram comments because Twitter, we, I feel like in general on Twitter, like the best comment kind of wins. It's more meritocratic. Yeah. If you're a dumbass, you will be bullied and I'll be the one bullying you. But on Instagram where every comment has equal weight and everyone is respective, blah, blah, blah. Uh, most of the comments were, oh, a card of that value should never be cracked. And, oh, yeah, all got what they were coming for when they were sending it to PSA and it came back trimmed. And with the perspective that the card like that should always remain in the Beckett slab or any company's slab is ludicrous. Two things happen. There, there's only three possible outcomes and i'm going to go through all three either beckett graded a trimmed card originally that became worth 160,000 plus dollars alt trimmed the card themselves or both psa and beckett are wrong in alleging the card is trimmed i want to outrule that third scenario just because of how unlikely that is yeah. specifically with trimming, you can see how clean the border cut is as well as you can, especially for a serial numbered card, 
you can count, you can get a scan of the card and count the pixels on the left and right and see if they suddenly become disproportional. As I'm sure there's front and back, there is before and after scans of the card originally signed in the 95 and now. So that's pretty evident. I don't think either of those companies would mess something up like that that severely. So let's outrule that Beckham and PSA. Or let's say, let's assume the card is trimmed. Yeah, wait. Either, can, we, can I add one thing? Yeah, you can. Um, <laughs> that PSA and Be- like they don't say a card is trimmed unless they know it's trimmed. Like if they have Absolutely. questions, they will say, oh, we won't slab this. We have concerns. Do not about a- it. cannot authenticate. Do not encapsulate. But they won't definitively yeah. say it's altered or authentic or it's altered. Unless they can definitively prove it. Yeah. So there is like, a, to, for them to say something is trimmed, that means they are 100% positive that it is trimmed. And especially with trimming, it's pretty evident as well. So let's assume the card is trimmed and that premise is true. Then either Alt trimmed it or Beckett graded a trimmed card as a Beckett 9.5 gem mint. Let's recognize Alt is the plaintiff here. Alt is suing Beckett. Why would they spend so much resources in lawyer fees as well as buying the card for $160,000? Why would they buy the card, trim it, and then send it to PSA? Do they think? Do they have the ego to think that they wouldn't get away with it from PSA? You can say a lot about Alt and their business strategies, but I don't think they're that stupid and that they're going to spend $160,000 plus to trim a card, then send it to Beckett, to send it to PSA. That's so inconceivably unlikely i can't i'm trying to come up with an analogy to describe how unlikely it is but i can't because i'm blown away and lost for words beckett must i mean really that's what all is alleging that beckett graded this trimmed card as gem mint the entire time and they are claiming reimbursement and damages on the hundred sixty thousand dollars that they paid the only thing that's difficult here is can you prove that alter that alt didn't trim it? Maybe. I don't know, which is why I really hope that this court case doesn't go to settlement because that would suck. Yeah, so you can hear about that, the actual reasoning why. Yeah, because at that point, because you cracked the slab, the proof is kind of on alt substantially that it was trimmed the entire time. And that yeah. once you void the Beckett grade, once you crack it out, you're on your own responsibility at that point but i don't see any other scenario outside that beckett graded a massive card one of the greatest basketball cards one of the biggest basketball cards everyone except concurry's biggest rookies as a gem mint 95 when it was actually trimmed and who knows how many other other cards are actually trimmed and in gem mint holders true that's a crazy thought i what i think is like do you think people ever crack? Like, it's not possible that this card was originally graded by BGS correctly as a 9.5. Someone cracks that, keeps the slab kind of together. Is that possible that, like, they re slabbed it? Some, like, counterfeiter re slabs this card after the fact? That's not possible, right? It is possible, but they would be able to detect in regrading this that it's a counterfeit curry or it's a different gold curry out of 50. Yeah. I would love to know when this card was graded, like if it was graded back in 2010 or if it was graded in the last 10, like last few years or something. But damn, I know the fact that, that in, in Beckett's database, they strangely keep, they don't have scans of the cards, but they keep 
a record of when the card um, was graded. I've never really fucked weird. around on the Beckett like database very hard, but I know that it's like considered one of the best databases of cards, but I know their website is incredibly old tech, so I just try not to engage with it. Okay. This card was graded on Monday, October 17th, 2016. So, so it was graded well after it became a valuable card, not a immensely six figure card. Yeah. But that's like after first record. title. During the the start to the season, all right, that's interesting. And it was graded uh, true gem, nine that's five just... subgrades everywhere. There are, and this is, there are twenty nine. There, that's weird. There are twenty nine graded by PSA, one seven and a half, one eight and a half, eleven nines, fifteen nine fives, and one BGS ten non black label. And I'm gonna pull up now how many. Damn. That's a good representation of like BGS used to be low key the king of high end cards that they have like half of the gold for Fractor Curry rookies graded by them. Yeah, and there are nine graded by PSA. People used to really not trust PSA with the best cards. I like I kind of love that. <laughs> I wish yeah, people and especially young Max at fourteen fifteen. It's like you get the cooler gold colored slab. And you get the subgrades to know exactly what happened with your card. Why wouldn't you want that? But I think BGS's incompetencies have really kept it on the slow bus for a few extra years. Yeah. Uh, we'll follow up on this next week, Max. But uh, that was a good rundown of what the deal is. I'm incredibly interested to see how this goes. In my head, no way I'll trim that card. BGS is just trying to cover their ass, it seems like. It really, I think... If we blow a lot of, if a lot of steam is blown on Beckett, it results from more accountability in the industry. I think the one blessing in this case is that Beckett now has the technology and understanding, I suppose, to note this card as trimmed when they re-ingested it and were exploring it for grading the second time, that the fact that it is, was deemed trimmed is a positive. But you can't just be having a trimmed card in that holder with the Beckett 9.5 certification that this card is authentic. Well, I know that Paul Lesko has a PC of cards that have legal issues, but I think this one might be out of his range. What do you think? <laughs> I love Paul Lesko. Yeah. I want to emphasize that as much as possible, that there are a few people out there doing better card content and keeping you informed about what's going on in the world than Paul Lesko. So. I, it's even worth if you're into cards and you aren't on Twitter. It's worth having Twitter just to follow Paul, just to f hear about like the actual legal breakdown of what's going on in these cases. I find it absolutely fascinating. Like the big hobby accounts will out. take Paul Lesko's tweets and ideas for Instagram content and TikToks. Oh yeah, people are always stealing his content. Like the con like the content's good. It's a great read. He's very smart. He includes like the specific parts of the docket that site specific areas something that's really one of the core i guess just to nerd out a little bit um leaf and Giannis antetokounmpo had a case between each other it ended up yeah. going into settlement but leaf ended up using the term greek freak on leaf cards and i believe like one of the biggest stipulations in the docket was that like leaf has access to like Giannis antetokounmpo Giannis, and like a few other like things and etc and what type of trademark 
is inclusive in the etc would be groundbreaking to the case itself it went to settlement but that was another one of the fun ones but the panini redemption case was not very interesting yeah sadly was especially since the panini redemption case is not a class action yeah they wouldn't allow it to happen well we're 52 minutes in max i think people aren't really ready for some legal talk so i'm we got to save a little bit of juice on this bone yeah go to dallas and roll bars with me tommy I'm intrigued by that. Wait, is when is it? January something? January like fifteenth. If that's MLK weekend, I can do it. But if it is not MLK, it is MLK weekend. What are you doing on MLK weekend? I got my girlfriend a little weekend trip for that for her birthday for MLK weekend. I'm sorry, dude. And wait, I really wanted to go to Dallas because wouldn't expect anything else. Hey, come on. This is like when you denied my playdate invite in the beginning of the episode. What do you mean? What did I do? You'll find that out when you're editing the clips. All right, fine. I'll listen back. Sometimes I forget what happens in the podcast until I listen back. That's definitely what happens. I listen back, Max, real those random anecdotes since we're still recording. When I'm doing these clips for our social media and I'm listening back to old episodes, I have sometimes literally no idea we talked about these things that we talked about. We're just such geniuses. <laughs> we are shout out everyone who listens to us dude this gotta be and yeah I mean, this, this is like a high iq podcast everyone who listens is high iq as well you have a great if you listen to this collect this podcast you have a good collection there's no it's just inherent in what is going on but shout out to everyone that's stuck with us through 33 slash 34 episodes the half fact that year. max i've been literally, now we're over half a year but that's like this is one of the, like, the most dedicated I've ever been to anything in my entire life is this podcast. And I do not mean that in any sort of sarcastic way. Yeah. Do you have any parting thoughts here, Max? You look a little tired. I'm not <laughs> tired. I want to find some honeys. Go find your Topps Gold Trout card somewhere in your house. Is she trimmed? Is she trimmed? That's the question for 2023. Well, this it's actually going to be possible to find a trimmed and gen mint copy simultaneously. <laughs> or am I just going to go I, to the courthouse and say, you said she was gen mint. She's actually trimmed. And <laughs> Tommy, yeah, we got to cut that part out. I don't know. No one even knows what you're talking about anymore, Max. We don't have to cut anything out. <laughs> okay, cool. It was all a joke. It's all ironic. Yeah. We're talking about cards, Obviously. and Max has Max likes to refer to his Mike Trout Gold as a she/her pronouns. And Obviously, yes. Obviously, well, yeah. Max, I will I see you right in now. 2023. This is our last episode of 2022. If you made it this far, I'm shocked, but we love you. Yeah, I just had to take the square root. Yeah, this is will be our last episode of 2022, and so I will see. get Tommy from Cheeseburgers to Elliptical to treadmill on his flipping journey and next year max will be max 2023 edition max is going to continue going to the gym and getting fucking shredded hell yeah hell yes see you guys next year peace